Revolution. I can't get no call to action, but I try and I try and I try and I try. Hello and welcome to Call to Action, the go-to podcast for anyone trying to make sense of the world of marketing, advertising and beyond. In an industry that is a minefield of utter bollocks, we aim to capture our heroes and allies from the front line to have a chinwag with. It's like Pokemon Go, with the single but vital exception that it's not a short-term bandwagon of shite. It's brought to you by Gasp, and I'm Giles Edwards, co-founder and MD. Today, I've caught James Victore, designer, author, speaker, teacher, and just all-round cool dude, James is one of those rare professional hellraisers who's been described as part Darth Vader, part Yoda. His often controversial yet striking work is exhibited all around the world, including at the Museum of Modern Art in New York, and has also appeared on the covers of Esquire and Time magazine. He's also worked for clients such as Adobe, MailChimp and Moe, and recently captured all his learnings in his new book, Feck Perfection. James says, the things that make you weird as a kid make you great today. It is a superpower. Never let anyone shame it out of you. Welcome to the show, James. Hey, I am happy to be here, Giles. That was a very groovy introduction. Thank you. <laughs> I'm pleased. Right. Quick fire then. Beer or wine? Oh, damn. Depends on the day. Uh, uh, let's say beer. Designer or teacher? Uh, former designer, current teacher. Ask for permission or ask for forgiveness? Oh, never ask either. (laughs) (laughs) Just just move. Darth Vader or Yoda? Uh, Today, Yoda. Dirt bike or surfboard? Dirt. Two more. Work or play? Play is work. And sexy or strong? Uh, I'll take sexy. I'll take sexy for two, Giles. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. So, uh, so James, what what was your first job, presumably outside of design, maybe, you know, summer job growing up or whatever? And then how did that evolve into to proper design? Mm, outside of, well, actually, uh, great question, Giles. Um, I was kind of stumped there for a second, but my first job, um, I had it just out of high school and before I moved to New York to, to become a designer. And I was uh, basically a waiter at a, at a, at a restaurant in, uh, in my hometown. Um, and the chef there happened to be Buddha in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, super smart, kind gentleman who, who um, now owns one of the restaurants in San Francisco that you can't get into. Uh, his name was Gary Danko. And he, he, he saw something in me and he said, uh, kid, go to New York. He saw, he saw the frustration in me. He saw the creativity in me. He saw I didn't belong. And he just said, you know, get out of here. <laughs> so you did? Yes. And I'm uh, uh, terribly thankful. And, but he, so he's done well for himself then, it sounds. And, yeah. and then, so, so what, what did that lead to for you? What happened in New York? Well, it, lead, it led me to to um, apply to schools in in the you know design school, art school in New York, um, and you know around the country. But I really wanted to be in New York because uh, um, my my parents and all my family are from uh, uh, the Bronx and Scarsdale and you know areas just just north of the city. Um, and we were kids; they used to take us on on trips into the city. So you know, New York always had this mysterious draw to it. And you ended up in the the School of Visual Arts, am I right? Yes, I lasted for uh, I don't know around two years, maybe more. Um, and uh, and uh, until one of the instructors took me aside and suggested that I, um, he said there were a lot of other people fighting for the same jobs, and um, he suggested I become a uh, um, a CPA or a golf pro or you know anything anything besides you know. Uh, a designer and, and then looking back was that was that a fair piece of advice i mean clearly not but at yes. the time at the time yeah and in that context yeah, yeah. I, i'm i'm actually you know i'm actually thankful it was a shitty time for me to be in school i was i had to have a full-time job to pay my way and i was you know i was making a couple of dollars and i was basically just you know chasing skirt and buying beer <laughs> so um i was not a good student and when I, but you know what, Giles, as soon as I left, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm screwed because I don't know anything. 
so I, I began to, I began to, you know, uh, educate myself and, and, you know, read good books and to, uh, seek out information. Um, and I actually got a, uh, an apprenticeship, um, at a very tiny little design studio, uh, for a guy named Paul Bacon, who is a huge, huge influence on me. And one of my, he's like my second father, an amazing guy. And he was a book jacket designer. And I had grown up in, um, basically raised in a library because my mother worked at, a, you know, at the university, the local university library. Um, and so books were a natural for me. And Paul Bacon was just a, a, you know, a font of, of information and wealth. He, he taught me, I, I always said, uh, I haven't thought about this in a while, but I always, always used to say that he taught me everything I needed to know to be a designer. He taught me about wine. He taught me about auto racing and he taught me about <laughs> jazz. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Every, everything I needed to know. And he could, and he, you know, I met him and he was in his sixties. Um, he died a couple of years ago and in the 90 something years old. Um, but he, um, um, he could, uh, he was just this very classic, very tall, lean, scholarly looking gentleman with a, with a very fine little mustache. And, um, but, but the guy could tell a, tell a joke that would singe your eyebrows off. <laughs> Amazing. And, and he was, um, he sounds like anyway, more like a traditional book designer, graphic designer. So he knew his way around a grid and all that kind of cool stuff you need to, uh, you know, he was, he was pretty freewheeling. He, there, there was a grid in his head, I'm sure, but you know, yeah. so he did, you know, to give you and your readers an idea, like he did, uh, pretty much all of Robert Ludlum's books when they first came out, all the Bourne books. Uh, yeah. He did all of James Clavell's books. He did, uh, most of E.L. Doctorow, most of Kurt Vonnegut's books, uh, all of Joseph Heller's books. So all, the, all these kind of like big book you know, if you go to an old, a used bookstore, it's like a, it's like a museum for Paul Bacon, <laughs> cool. you know, like the, 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 the old, um, what is it? Uh, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. That was his, ah, was it? I know yeah. that. I know that. Yeah. Book cover for Jaws that became the movie poster. He did the book cover for, um, he did the book cover for, um, uh, just, just, a, just, uh, just a number of, you know, just the, all the classics that from the, from the, you know, 60s, 70s and early 80s. It was just, just wonderful, wonderful work. Ah, amazing. So, so was that, was that down to luck as much as anything else that you managed to get in on his little studio? He actually, he was, um, he was a teacher of mine at SVA and he gave me a D. <laughs> but i you know but i went but i went to him you know i went to him anyway and there was only there were two gals who you know who worked with him and um he just i asked if i could you know if i could uh, i said apprentice i didn't even know the, what the word intern meant um and he just looked at me and he said well no one ever asked so he, he took me on and i start literally started by i'd show up in the morning and i'd sweep the floor and look over his shoulder um, and after three months after leaving school, I'd put together a portfolio of three obviously fake book jackets, but books that I respected and um, got work right off the bat. And I've been working steady ever since. Ah, okay. So you, so you didn't actually, um, you didn't uh, start working alongside Paul necessarily or directly? No, I, you know, I did, I handled, uh, per, per, you know, his production and put his mechanicals together for him. And, you know, this was, this was obviously pre-computer, um, and did that kind of stuff. And, you know, we did, uh, there was a stat camera. So I was in charge of, you know, making stats, um, you know, it was basically like a fancy Xerox machine. Um, and yeah, so I never really had, um, um, I've never, I have never really had a real job besides, uh, my own studio. Amazing. So, so, so what happened between that and setting up your own studio there? Because at some, somewhere in between you, uh, probably moved your attention from books to posters. Well, you know, I, I had to go backwards again. My, my father was a, uh, was in the air force and he was, he was gone most of my life, uh, because he was in Vietnam. Um, and he would bring back, uh, posters, um, you know, these classic, classic, uh, there's one that I remember that I'm still looking for. Uh, it said, uh, it, there were, it was an image of some Marines storming a beach and it said, uh, um, visit interesting places, meet interesting people and kill them. Wow. <laughs> Vietnam. It was set up as a, as like a fake tourism poster, you know? Yeah. And you know, he didn't see the irony in it. <laughs> wow. But he brought one so, back. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, so, so posters were always in my blood and I, I always 
um, I always liked the Olympic posters. They were always moving to me in the, you know, in the sixties and seventies, um, until they turned to shit lately. Um, but, uh, so posters were always in my blood. Also the, you know, uh, the anti-war posters, uh, you know, the Tommy Ungerer stuff and, you know, some of the stuff that Pushpin did, uh, you know, posters have always been in my blood and I got to New York thinking I was going to be a poster designer. And then I realized there was no money in it. <laughs> there were no jobs <laughs> to make posters, yeah. literally no jobs to make posters. Um, so I started off doing book jackets and then, and then all of a sudden I was like, uh, you know, my, in my middle, late twenties and I realized, shit, I'm not, you know, I'm just doing book jackets. I'm not doing, you know, what I want, what I, which was posters. So I started just making posters on my own dime and they did critically, they, they did well. Uh, you know, it was a bad a bad business plan uh, or zero business plan. Um, but critically did they, they did well, but they led me to, you know uh, what I say that, you know, that was my purpose. My purpose wasn't to make book jackets. My purpose was to make social, cultural and political statements in posters. Yeah. Is it now, is it fair to say that posters are still kind of your preferred medium? I mean, I don't want to get into like a binary chat of this is better than that, but, but, but clearly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love posters. And you know, the thing is, um, they're just, nobody does yeah. them well, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> there aren't a lot of great ones out there. Even, you know, there's these books, there are books you can buy of like, you know, a, a political or social posters from the last, from the last, you know, 20 years. And most of the stuff in there is not, it's just not that great. Um, and part of it is because people are really afraid to, you know, to have an yeah. opinion. Um, you know, I worked for, uh, as a poster designer, um, I made, made work for the, 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 the JDL, which is the Jewish, Jewish Defense League, the NAACP, the Anti-Defamation League, um, Amnesty International, you know, all these, all these companies or organizations rather. And rarely did we ever get anything good out of it because, you know, they, they get their money from, from teachers and from, you know, nanas who want to send in $5 and, you know, and if you start ruffling feathers and rocking the boat and, or telling the fucking truth, yeah. <laughs> you know, people have a problem with that. Especially if you look at like the, at the AIDS epidemic, I mean, the, just the shit that was done, it was all like pretty boys in nice photograph, but it wasn't, it didn't talk about death and it didn't talk about disease and it didn't talk about, you know, fucking Ronald Reagan ignoring the whole thing. It was, you know, so um, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, be part of, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to use my, that purpose and use the power of an opinion and the power of the printing press and, you know, make, make work that matters. And and you saw that, didn't you? With certainly with the, um, the celebration of Columbus yeah. response and the Native American series. Is that the first yeah. time you saw that? Well, it's still, still, it's still, that poster still comes up uh, in places. It's weird. You know, it's, it's got, it's just taken on a life of its own, you know, and that's an interesting, that's an interesting subject because it's an ongoing genocide. If you want, if you could watch the press in, in, in the States here, what's going on with the, uh, with, uh, what is it? The Lakota pipeline, uh, Dakota pipeline and, um, you know, the oil industry and the native Americans, it's just amazing. You know, and the native Americans are like, you know, especially in the States right now, we have this, we have this bullshit fucking president who's, you know, saying, you know, America first and, uh, you know, American for Americans, America for Americans. And, and the Native Americans are going like, wait, yeah. <laughs> who the fuck are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> Why don't you go home? Go back to Europe, you know? And so it's, it's a little bit, as, as Elton John would say, it's a, it's, it's a little bit funny. Since then, you, I mean, you've done so many things, James. We won't have time to cover it, but, but as a... Oh, let's do, let's, let's do. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> embarrass me Giles it's okay so the work that I I mean if, if you feel like you've spoken about this enough then we'll skip it but I but I love it the work you did for the New York probation office yeah you know your birds learn to fly by yep. falling all that yep. cool uh, stuff yeah it's, it's, it led to it led that that project kind of led to affect perfection you know okay if you, cool if, and that's just come that's just come out yeah it was uh, it came out and it started in uh march or april and so uh yeah so can you tell anyone who's who's listening who's not familiar with that work can you just give us a little overview of what what the project was what the brief was and then what you did uh yeah so we worked with the new york department of probation the new york city department of probation and they have 33 offices around the city and they're just hellish 
just dreadful bureaucratic places that you just don't want to, you just don't want to go, you know, they're just sad and depressing. And, um, you talk to, you talk to people through a little hole in the glass, like you're, like you're buying booze in a bad part of Russia, you know? Um, and so the, there was an, uh, an architect pal of mine, his name is, uh, Jim Bieber, B-I-B-E-R, super, super guy. He got the gig to, um, to redesign from the, from the rug to the ceiling, uh, these 33 offices. And he took me on as the, um, kind of experience designer or the, um, or do you even call it? Like, uh, the, uh, the sp- See, I'm like, I'm like, so not hip. Is it, what is it? The, uh, the, um, uh, client experience or whatever, but interior, you know, <laughs> like the paint and the, yeah. uh, the, the walls and the signage and the, you know, the wayfinding, as you say, you know, and then halfway through the project, I was like, wait, this, you know, I, I, I bemoan the lack of art in my own life. You know, I live in New York city and I don't see art because I have to go to a fucking special place and pay money, which is bullshit. Um, so I mm-hmm. said, well, you know, let's make, let's make some art for this client. And I decided to make, um, you know, a, a, um, a series of parodies of the, those inspirational posters, like everything from like, you know, from, from hang in there, kitty to the, um, the image of the jets that says teamwork. Or the, the image of an eagle and it says vision, you know, so we have uh, a series of like four or five or six posters um, that that we made that are we use the jets and we use the eagle and we use the footprints in the sand. Um, and we were working with a really great, smart client at the time, which was um, the guy who just started. Um, he started up. Um, he was new at the DOP and he was in charge and and, you know, he really just trusted us and let us do. Uh, great work. I mean, I could, I could do a two hour talk on, on, on this thing. It's such an amazing project. They really saw an, an effect on, 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 on their client. And one of the things that, you know, for a small example is one of the things that would happen in the beginning was the, the elevator doors would open. You'd have to go to like the, the fourth or fifth floors of these, these, these humongous New York city, downtown city hall buildings. Right. And the door opens in the elevator and the client walks out and looks around and then takes two steps backward into the elevator and lets the doors close because they thought they were in the wrong place. And the reason, the reason they thought they were in the wrong place, Giles, is because they've never been treated well, because they're not used to people doing things for them because they don't have these nice things in their lives. And that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. So if we can, if we can, you know, after the, after the project, I was interviewed, interviewed a number of times and people always ask the question, um, you know, well, you know, what, what research did you do? you know, for this project. And I said, research, what's that? I said, I know this client, they're me. They just got caught. They want the same things I do. They want to be treated well. They want to be treated with respect. They want to be spoken up to, not down to. They want to have nice things in their lives, right? So it's not that, it's not that difficult if you think about it. What we'll do, um, we always post stuff that, that's discussed on each podcast episode on the listing. So if you're if you're out there listening to this now, you can head over to this podcast listening and I'm going to stick a few photos up of the before and after because the before shots are, I mean, they're, they're uh, for want of a better word, they're, they're just soulless spaces where you, you kind of... Or welly in Yeah, there. and you walk out and there's the, the, what hits you are all these badly considered signs just berating you for not sitting up straight or, you know, it's, it's, it's like this horrific orgy of like your, your worst head teacher kind of nightmare just shouting at you. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's really confrontational, isn't it? Yeah. It's out of like Pink Floyd, the wall. Yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that. So your point about research is, is bang on because, you know, um, on the flip side, you know, we, we can we're, we're fans of research in the right context and for the right projects, but you're absolutely right. That's just a, that's just a human thing, isn't it? You don't need to do research to know that that is not an acceptable way to treat people or, or, or even expect anything in return from these people. You're setting them up to fail. Exactly. You? Exactly. Yeah. Even, even, even to, even to ask, you know, even to expect an honest conversation in that atmosphere. Yeah. It, well, on, uh, on honest uh, conversations, I recall, 
I recall you talking about this project. It's probably a few years ago now, in truth. And, and it's always stuck in my head because I remember it might have been in response to the Hang In There Kitty poster. It was certainly one of them. And someone who was, uh, in effect, your client or certainly a stakeholder that side of the fence said something to you about, uh-huh. you know, is this dangerous? Are we, you know, are we the whole let go? Are we are we promoting? I don't know what it was. It probably wasn't suicide, but it was something suicide. ridiculous. Yeah, suicide. And I, and I remember you saying it's in the video that you had to d- diplomatically say, are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> I know. How do you, how do you shoot that down, boy? You got to be pretty, pretty good in a meeting to be able to shoot that down. And I couldn't do it. <laughs> but you get it, don't you? I mean, we get it in, you know, less severe kind of examples, but I find myself thinking that sometimes I, um, I won't give any examples cause I'll probably get sacked by a client, but yeah, you, you do, <laughs> you, you do get that. You get that. So in that instance, I mean, I guess, you, I mean, you were you were putting a title, a job title to it, whether you were like an experienced designer or or interior or whatever it was. So actually, when it comes to defining uh, you individually and you, what you do as a profession, I mean, are you able to even do that? Are you an artist? Are you a designer? Um, I mean, that's before we even think about the teacher debate. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm basically, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I am an abstract expressionist caught in a designer's body. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think that's, I think that's it. And yeah, forget about even the, the, the teaching thing. And as far as the teaching thing, I, I said something recently and I actually really like it. I am, um, I have, I am becoming Moses for, uh, for graphic designers. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Set, Set my people free. (laughs) <laughs> so your tools are graphic design tools but there's a lot more going on well you know what i'm what i say giles is that i'm using i'm using see i i'm using art and design as a teaspoon of sugar to talk about bigger ideas yeah, um, and i think people get it because you know um without the without the um without the art and design part i'm you know i'm anybody's crappy inspirational uh instagram feed perfect perfect well that works that works because if you i mean if you, you you just you go you go girl <laughs> <laughs> you know a bunch of a bunch of a bunch of a bunch of bu nice well whatever you know that's fit for purpose isn't it on insta so that works because I, I mean the, the reason i ask i've got um uh, I've got friends who I, I suppose my background anyway, and this podcast isn't about me, so I'll keep this short, but is more art based, but it's led into graphic design. And actually, I have lots of friends who prefer to define themselves quite tightly as an artist and don't like that overlap into design. And I kind of see it as um, it's a bit like pure I suppose if you're looking at mathematics, right, and we're not, but it's pure mathematics and applied mathematics. And I see the same thing with with creative fields and art and design and that. So yeah. you've got you've got pure art, but then applied art is really your design because you're applying it for a purpose. And that purpose or objective might be to raise raise awareness of bullshit around celebrating Columbus, whatever whatever it might be at the time. So that's kind of how I yeah. how I cope well, I have, with it. I've got I've got two um um, actually, three, three, um, three uh, major influences me uh, on me artistically, and they were um, all born in the same year, and they um, all died around this. Uh, actually, uh, it was a uh, uh, Henrik Tomaszewski, Paul Rand, and Saul Steinberg. And Paul Rand, I knew, I knew Paul, and I and I knew uh, Henrik Tomaszewski, um, and I had a conversation with Steinberg. Um, and, but Paul Rand, like for him, uh, uh, you know, to be a designer or an artist, it was no big thing. He just, you know, he just, he just did, did the things for Saul Steinberg. I was in, in a conversation on the phone with him and I was trying to give him a job and he was just like, he just couldn't understand. <laughs> he just couldn't understand. He's like, wait, I am going to make something at your request. <laughs> you know he so he was just an artist he couldn't understand that paul Rand kind of needed kind of needed a, a a client or a or a prompt or a you know or a purpose and steinberg was just like that was ludicrous how why would why would i do that yeah it's interesting isn't it there's there's obviously overlaps but sometimes there's 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 nothing you know it's one or the other yeah i was i was years ago i was asked about some somebody uh after one of my talks asked me about you know, we were talking about the dead Indian, the celebrate Columbus. And they said, okay, so, you know, Mr. Victoria, you, uh, 
you you paid for that on your own money and you got it put up on your own. So it's it's more art than design. And I said, oh, you're one of those people who gives a shit about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that's fair. It doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean, it's got type on it, so it must be design. But so does Jasper John's stuff. So, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So then, um, you, I mean, that work you, you've now you've now said, which is which is really cool. That it led to the, or in many ways, led to the Feck Perfection book. Is there is there any particular lesson I was going to say, but any particular poster that you would say is your most important? I mean, personally, for me, Birds Learn to Fly by Falling is just is pure gold. So we've got that up in our boardroom huh. just because it's it's just perfect. We're, so we're always telling people to fail, just fail fast and move on. Like don't. Don't fear mistakes, because if you do, you'll just become this kind of risk adverse uh, thing, just treading water for your whole life. Just just try. Sure. Stuff. You're just, you know, you're in survival mode your whole yeah, life. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the dead Indian is one of my favorites. Um, I have one poster of mine up in my house, and it's actually a uh, an exhibition poster for um, some stuff that happened in uh, – in uh, some some Dutch museum, in some Dutch couple of Dutch museums, um, and it was called Pop Up, and it's just because it's a bright orange. It's a you know Swiss style, so it's huge, um, bright orange with you know black and white finger paint. And I just um, I just aesthetically I really dig it. Um, is there's no idea behind it. Um, uh, those are you know those are the things that I can stomach to still look at. <laughs> <laughs> I've, you know, I had, I've, I've had exhibitions of my work, you know, like just me and, you know, I walk into the room and it just feels like all of my dirty laundry hanging on, hanging out there. Oh no, you can't mean that. <laughs> really? <laughs> Somebody wants to look at this stuff? Okay. <laughs> Here it is. So then, so, yeah. so what, what else can people enjoy or expect from the, um, from the book then? My first book is the, is the, is the big $40 coffee table, uh, uh, it's called Who Died and Made You Boss. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a look at like 20, 25 years of, of design work. And that I call, um, um, pictures with words. And, um, I knew that the follow-up to it was going to be words with pictures, meaning I was going to write, you know, what I thought were compelling, interesting, moving, um, um, articles, and then, um, illuminate those or, or illustrate those, um, um, and now I'm out on the on our porch at four thirty every morning, um, uh, writing the next book. Are you really? Ah, okay. Yeah. So why why is it such an early bird thing? Uh, I, I have two kids. <laughs> like you said, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> it, it only it's the only solitude I can find. Uh, one again, my father was in the military. He got up early. Uh, it just kind of comes natural to me. You know, it's it's you know you want you want to you want to do those things your dad did. Um, I like it because like I said, like this morning was just sublime. We've got a little corner of the porch and we, we live on, we live on a bit of, a bit of property with, with no neighbors and it's just like quiet and there's a breeze and right. you know, you can watch the sun come up and, um, uh, literally can get, you know, two hours of, of solid concentration, which is, you know, once the day starts, you know, I got an assistant that shows up, I got, you know, emails are bing, bing, bing. I got um, duties. I gotta do the f- fucking dishes, you know, I mean, like, you know, maintain the house and, you know, I've got to be a good dad and a, you know, and a, and a loving husband and, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. But you know, four thirty is mine. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, you keep owning that time. Um, so there's other bits of advice that kind of creep out in various guises. I guess you've done it through the pod, through your own video, vlogs that you do through twitter through just social media in general but one thing that comes up a lot which i'm a particular fan of is is never work for assholes and fire bad clients <laughs> yeah 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 you know it's like so giles listen you you know you understand this it's it's hard to just be creative like it's hard to you know everybody is i in the first line in 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 fact perfection says we are all born wildly creative and some of us just forgot Mm. meaning we're all born creative and it's hard to hang on to that throughout your life so the reason i put the book together was you know it just to to acknowledge the difficulty of maintaining creativity or your weirdness um as you know as as a you know as an adult 
Um, and then on top of just being creative, you start mixing that with commerce and it gets really, you know, murky. It gets really bizarre, mm. you know, and how do, you know, how can I get paid for my creativity um, and not be a racehorse tied to a cart? Mm. So that's where, you know, that's where those ideas come up with, like firing bad clients. And, and what happens when you fire bad clients is you t you're telling the universe that I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I don't want to be treated like this. And the universe, you know, you know, what do they say? Abhors a, a vacuum. So they, 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 they'll help you find those, those good clients. And if, it's a, and if it's a money thing, most people are just like, well, James, I can't do that. I need money. And I'm like, well, how many steaks can you eat? <laughs> you know, how, 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 how badly do you need that money? You know, why can't you just accept less and have, uh, you know, have a better life? Completely un-American uh, thought there. It is. Yeah, way. right. It is. It is, isn't it? <laughs> That's true. That's true, actually. It's, it's a consistent I've found, actually. The more Americans we, we know, we work with, whatever, it seems to be quite a cultural shift between... UK and US uh, making huge assumptions and stereotypes and what have you. But if we just if we just ignore that for now. It's, well, you know, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm like, I, I've got, you know, clients and people I work with in the UK and, you know, I try to get in touch with them, you know, anywhere last month or this month. And it's like the email comes back. I'm on halls and I'm like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys don't do that. You guys don't go on holiday. Well, you do, but you're, relu you're reluctant to. <laughs> reluctant to yeah so i guess yeah. then all this stuff we're talking about the last sort of five ten minutes it's only natural you, you you did shift or have shifted into more of a you know teaching capacity i know i've heard you say in the past you consider yourself a greater teacher than designer so so why is that it's just is that just because this stuff just comes more naturally to you is it because you just don't take any shit i mean how, how has that happened um <clears throat> i think it's because well I've done, you know, early, I haven't done it in a long time, but early on I did all those, um, aptitude tests, like, you know, um, um, the Myers-Briggs and all that kind of stuff. And it, and every one, it comes up that I'm, you know, that I'm a teacher. And for me, for the longest time, that was horrible because I couldn't, I couldn't picture anything in my mind except standing up in front of a group of 19 year old shitheads, <laughs> you know, until I figured out how to be the teacher I, you know, to be the teacher I wanted to be. Um, and, you know, to be more of a guide or a, a leader, um, it just comes very easy for me. You know, I do I do one on one coaching with people and it's just I'm amazed at how easy it is for me to, like, call them on their shit and, and for that, for me to help them recognize something that's right in front of them and they haven't been able to see it. And I'm like, you know, it's just it's just, it, you know, I'm 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 good at that. I'm also good at, you know, putting putting, you know, typing images on on paper. But but I but I like teaching, and I guess also I mean putting words in your mouth here. So tell me if I'm wrong. But if unless you have a reference to someone who was like an inspirational teacher in your life, and you know you had a couple, I suppose latterly, even though that even though uh, Paul gave you a D at the time, but <laughs> unless you had that reference, you, you know your brain's like a pattern making machine, isn't it? And if it's telling you you're a teacher, and all the teachers you grew up with were dicks, you're not thinking you want to be a teacher. Correct. Yeah, correct. Correct. I just couldn't, I couldn't frame it. I couldn't figure out, you know, how that was going to work for me. And I did teach. I taught, you know, I went back to the school of visual arts and I taught for 20 years. Amazing. That's, that's you know, cool. and, and it, and it took, it took them three years to, you know, to accept me, to take me on as a teacher. Um, and, but all those were also the three years that I was having, you know, all these solo exhibitions and they said, oh, okay, I guess we should let them know. Because, because they, because they used, they looked at my record and were like, oh no, this guy's a jack off. I hope you went in and started flipping desks. Yeah. Well, I, I would, I would, I was the guy who would, uh, you know, li literally bring fireworks into class. Oh, legend. So then, so then in terms of your actual teaching, I mean, that takes many forms itself, doesn't it? Cause there's, there's, there's courses you do. Um, I suppose that I imagine the most intimate and most, uh, successful if you're being taught are the ones your, your creative retreats that you run on your, on Rancho Victoria. Yeah, Rancho hashtag hashtag Rancho Victoria. <laughs> yeah, so, so so they, I mean, they must be great. Do you enjoy doing them? They, oh man, gals, they are. They're first of all, they're the, they're the hardest work we do every year. Um, but they're so much fun, and um, I tell you know, there's so much. I mean, I could I could talk forever on this thing. You know, we tell everybody, listen, if if there if there's no tears, then we're not doing our job. But it really, we really help people open up, um, and you know, they they come here to find their voice or to um, um, 
to um, relinquish themselves from asking for permission, mm. you know, to gain a little a little personal freedom. Um, they come here for a number of reasons, but um, um, they generally don't leave hungry. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like by Sunday afternoon, it's like, it's like, okay, all you people gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is done. yeah. I'm exhausted. Um, but, but it's a blast and we eat and drink and we have like, you know, nights by the, by the, by the campfire with the coyotes singing. Wow. It's, it's fun. And, and how often do you do those? Uh, we've got one coming up October 25 through 27. That's the fall yeah. one. And then we've got, uh, we're going to, I think we're going to have two in the spring. I don't know those dates just yet. We usually do them twice a year, but now we're going to start doing them three times. Ah, cool. And are they open presumably to individuals as, uh, or do you get groups? We don't. Well, we did. We did get three people from an agency once. And then last time around we had uh, uh, actually two married couples. Um, you know, and I tell all those, any groups, I say, listen, this is, it's fine. You can come, but you need to, you know, if you're not open and honest in front of each other, then this is not going to work. Like if you're, if you're not allowed to express yourself, um, and your opinion, then, you know, then, uh, then don't come. Yeah. Cause you, cause you put a lot of importance on that kind of connection to your, to yourself, don't you? And if you, if you, yeah, if course. you're hindered doing that, cause your wife or husband, whichever way around it is, is there, then, then yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's natural, exactly. isn't it? So yeah, there's, yeah, sure. Of course it is. Of course. And you know, there's just a lot of, there are a lot of moments of really kind of, I'll take people on one-on-one -on -one walks and say, Hey, by the way, I noticed this thing about you, you know, what's up with that? And they go, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when, so why do the tears come? What, what causes tears? Uh, because it's a, um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a peeling off of their limitations. You know, we, 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 we fall in love with our, with our limitations when we tell ourselves that we can't do stuff and it's not, it's just not true. Um, so, you know, getting rid of that, it hurts sometimes, you know, asking people to look at the open sore on their, on, you know, that they have, I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. Okay. No, no sneeze. Oh, I hate losing sneezes. Yeah. They're like a little orgasm. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's difficult to see ourselves honestly. And what we do is we try to, we try to do that at the workshop. We try to, you know, force people to look inward. You know, we had a, we had a design instructor come last time around and he's been doing it for a while. And he, uh, <clears throat> he wrote us after and he had, he had so many breakthroughs at this thing. Like he was, you know, he's working on some projects and I would look over his shoulder and I'm like, David, stop being a designer. You know, he, cause designers approach things with ready-made answers. Mm. They don't approach things fresh and new and with questions, right? They're like, oh, I can solve this. Like, no, no, don't fucking solve it, <laughs> you know? Um, and he wrote after a big, long thing, and he said, he said, I thought I was going to go there to, you know, to learn some tricks and tools and bring them back, you know, uh, for myself and for my, uh, you know, for my students. And he says, I realized you were asking me to be a, a better human and a better artist. And he says, and I can bring that to my students now. And that kind of stuff is huge. It's so important. Yeah, people shut it out. Don't sure. They? I mean, it's that. Well, they don't know. I mean, they they don't know how powerful they are. It's that. It's that little light of mine, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's all. But but you know, we we really love doing this. And my wife does. You know, has two sessions with them, and she does like movement and um, you know uh, movement and meditation stuff. And it just like these people haven't been in their bodies in so long. You know, they haven't they haven't done a soul train dance line you know, since they were, you know, teenagers, right? We try to get them out of their heads and, you know, free them up. And I can't, you know, I can't with, you know, with good intentions, I can't have them be here. And um, I could teach them like, you know, to use some, some, some left brain skills and some tools that are clumsy and paints and inks and stuff and draw with a broom and, you know, this kind of stuff. But I'm not doing anything for them. I'm just letting them, you know, letting them, you know, play and go back to art school or go back to middle school for a short time, but they're still going to go back to relationships that chafe or a job they hate or, or a boss they they've lost connection with, you know, I've got to, I've got to send them back, you know, stronger and smarter. Yeah. Yeah. And do people, do people come back or is the idea that they've, you know, they've, they've seen Moses, they don't need to see him again. 
we have not had have we had oh we 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 had a return from um you know we used to do this in new york and it was called the dinner series and um uh, we had somebody from the dinner series come to do the workshop here in texas because it's kind of a different animal but but we i don't really change the you know i don't really change the thing that much um and if you had if you had if you had you know questions then you're going to have the same questions you know later you know what we say is um you know uh, you 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 know you can't be a better creator and a better um contributor to society until you decide to become a better human being so that's what we try to work with them on so how do you how can you sign up let's plug this how, how can people get involved uh jamesvictoria.com there's a there's a there's a tab called I think it's called workshops and there's a couple things there and the and the uh, the um, the ranch the ranch is there the creative uh, retreat is there um, we've got we've got one person coming from the UK this time that I know of yeah no we get and it's funny because we're in Texas and we don't get anybody from Texas <laughs> <Do> you know <laughs> they're lit- literally from around the world and that worked when we were in New York too we didn't get New Yorkers because they're like oh I could see James anytime. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, you know, we got people from all around the world. It's so great. Uh, yes, more, more, Giles. Yeah, more. yeah, more, more, more. Well, I mean, now's a good time actually to to put a couple of listener questions to you, if um, if I may. Sure. Asking the general public for their opinion, be it on Brexit or boat names, is notoriously fraught with danger. <laughs> but that's not stopped us asking. So, as usual, we've selected two. So, starting with John. Uh, John's a young designer, so he says, "I've heard you say rightly." I've stopped designing for designers when talking about the vast amount of typefaces out there. And, oh, sorry, and you then reference your five or so workhorse fonts. What are they? I think I, think I have less now. Ah, well, let's give, <laughs> let's give John less. Um, uh, John, the workhorse typefaces, and I, I do this because um, I believe that a huge part of what we do as designers is random. Mm. You know, I've got a new, um, I've got a new gal in the studio right now. And I asked her to like, um, I asked her to, you know, take on a, you know, there's, I've got a really nice client right now. And I, I said, here, here's some, here's a couple things for you to do. And I come back later and she's done like a million different sketches. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. They, no, just choose one. <laughs> doesn't matter. They're all, they're going to be great. Just, you know, trust yourself. Um, so that's the thing with typefaces. I'm like, I've stopped making those decisions. Um, uh, and I use a, just use a couple different fonts. Uh, I use my handwriting uh, probably way too much. I don't like my handwriting, but I understand that other people do. Um, and I, and I'm and I'm always trying to augment it. I'm always trying to take on a, another letter. You know, I don't have a very good capital C right now. Uh, I'll send you one. <laughs> um, yeah, please. Uh, you know, I'm always looking for you know for new. I got a capital L, but I use that. My wife's name is Laura, so I kind of like in my mind that's her letter, so I kind of can't use that. <laughs> um, but I use my handwriting. Um, second to handwriting comes um, Helvetica Noia because uh, it comes in some nice weights, and that's a, it's obviously a computer thing. And I also like to trace Helvetica Noia, like you 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 set your type. And then print it out and then put some tracing paper over and trace the Helvetica. And that looks very groovy too. Cause it's like, it's hell. It's like Helvetica, but it's wrong. Yeah. You know, some imperfections. Um, yeah. I use, um, uh, in fact, perfection is designed the, in, the guts, the cover is Helvetica and the guts are minion. And the reason we use minion is, is because it was about effect perfection. So minion is a default font. And that was the reason to use it. It made nice. sense. Um, again, no choices. I didn't make a choice on that. And then I think the last one that I like using is, um, and I haven't, you haven't found anything in a while to use it. Um, uh, besides the stickers that we make is, uh, Cooper, Cooper black. I love Cooper black. Yeah. He's and in fact, actually on the question, he put Cooper black in brackets, but he didn't have any others. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you're right. And Cooper's still there. Yeah, 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 of course. And, and actually, um, you know, this is where I certainly agree with you on it's it's more about the words and the language and what you're saying, isn't it? The the, exactly. the typeface is a is a vehicle and yeah, it can be a better vehicle or a more uh, appropriate vehicle in some instances, but actually if, if that's your starting point, you're 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 trying to answer the you know, the tiny question before you're answering the big main important question. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody ever says to me, Hey, let's talk about typo- typography, I'll say, Hey, no, no, let's talk about poetry. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and that moves people in a way that typography, you know, can't really claim to. 
although I am a bit of a type geek, but I, 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 I'm still seeing myself on your side of the fence on this. I question. I'll forgive you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm working on it. Like, like, like Moses. I'll forgive yeah, you. you'll cure me hopefully. So, um, <laughs> uh, so Mel. So we've got a question from Mel, and she has said, "Why?" She asked, "Why are why are people so afraid to have an opinion?" Um, is it Mel? Mel, say? yeah, Melanie. I imagine it's short. Yeah, yeah. Melanie, Mel. So. I was just writing about that this morning on the porch and the piece that I was writing is called uh, fear does not equal death because <laughs> most people are afraid to have an opinion because having an opinion means standing out mm. and standing out means risking um, being uh, 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 shunned or abandoned or ostracized or, you know, people, people, um, you know, moving away from you. And, it's a very primal fear because historically we lived in, we lived in groups and if you were ostracized from the group, you died. And it's like, it's like a, it's like a, a um, you know, um, an animal. If it's, if it's, if it's, if it's caretakers die, then it will die very quickly because it's, it's left on its own. So it's a very primal natural thing for us to be afraid of, you know, moving away from the crowd, moving away from the normal and, and having an opinion means that you are moving away from the normal, right? You're like, you're like, yes, I understand, but here's what I think. And some people are going to love that. And some people are going to hate that. And we don't want to risk, you know, uh, um, um, not being understood. Um, and, you know, and then, and then, you know, the thing, and to top that, the thing about being understood is, is, you know, to be misunderstood is, is, is genius, you know, Galileo was misunderstood. <laughs> you know, Pythagoras, Pythagoras was misunderstood. Jesus was misunderstood. So, you know, so, so yes. So have a goddamn opinion and get used to it. And then, then that's how you really attract your crowd, your audience. You know, fuck, fuck the people who move away from you. Those are not your people. Yeah, well said. So the final uh, part of the interview then, James, is we have what we call our four pertinent poses, uh, which we can um, skip through at your leisure or at pace. So there's four questions. Number one is, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, I like this question, and it always comes up that um, it, it, it's the question that I need to, you know, it's, the, it's what I need to tell myself all the time, and it's that I need to, I need to relax. I need to slow, I need to relax. And, and I need to, my, my wife gave me a mantra, um, a month ago and I try to use it all the time and it basically, and I share it with everybody. And I basically say, um, everything is always working out for me. You know, no matter what happens, everything is always working out for me. And I have to understand that. And, you know, in that mid then whatever comes at you, the good and the bad is, is, is what's supposed to come at you and it's fine. So, so relax. Nice. Um, if you could banish one thing from the industry, what would it be and why? So I guess we're talking design, art, the the whole shebang. Uh, yeah, probably computers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we're all glued to our screens. Well, well, not, well, not, at, the ranch, yeah, not at the ranch, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no Yeah. No. No computers, no phones at the ranch. Jeez. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, the computer is a funny thing. I don't, you know, I don't, don't believe that it's made the field better. Um. Uh, it's not a great answer, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with no, it. No, it's fine. We've not had that before. And I, and I think it's a good one. Um, number three, any books that you would recommend? Uh, besides effect perfection, yep. uh, dangerous ideas on the business of life. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> we're going to link to those. We'll link to those for sure. Um, I am a, uh, I'm a David Foster Wallace fan. And there are two books that he has um, that uh, one is called um, Consider, Consider the Lobster. And it's a collection of shorter pieces that he's written. And they're hilarious and they're smart. And it really shows him as a person. Um, and there's a smaller piece by him called um, This is Water. So uh, Consider the Lobster is fun and entertaining and consider, uh, and excuse me, and uh, This is Water is so smart and moving. It was actually, it's actually a, uh, it's presented as a book, but it was, uh, it was a uh, graduation um, uh, speech that he gave a number of years ago. So th those two by David Foster Wallace. Cool. Well, we'll link to those as well. 
the fourth one um it's less of a question more of a request we we always dedicate every show to somebody and we bestow or hospital pass that honor depending on your view to our guest who has to give their reason why so would you do the honors you know who i love right now is um and i her name escapes me is it is it uh greta mm. the environmentalist yeah the young lady yeah 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 she's amazing and she's amazing because she is uh, she has a, a mild form of autism, and that is a um, that's her superpower, and it allows her to 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 focus, and it allows her to like you know to to not listen to the critics. Um, she's amazing. Awesome, that's a great dedication. As a, as a final call to action, then uh, James or everyone listening, in fact, can head over to this episode, and we've linked to everything discussed from the David Foster books to. Uh, workshops on the ranch with James to all of James's work and the work with the probation office that we discussed at the start. How else can people get more James Victoria? Uh, the, the, the best way right now is um, um, jamesvictoria.com. Uh, everything, everything is there, access to the book, access to the workshops, access to, you know, any videos that we do. Um, um, and then, uh, you know, please follow me on Instagram and that's just James Victory because, uh, that's where we play and that's where I, you know, I test ideas. So I'm testing a lot of ideas and words for, um, uh, for the new book right now. And, and, and some of them are coming up pretty good. So, oh, cool. uh, yeah, perfect. We'll take a look at Instagram. Yeah. We'll link to that as well. Super. Thank you so much, James, for joining us. As you know, it's been a real privilege and, and a huge pleasure. Cool. Well, I uh, um, I had a blast. So I love talking to you, James. Yeah, good man. We're giving away a copy of James's book, Effect Perfection, to one lucky listener who leaves us a review online. Please remember to include one of your social handles on the review so we can contact you in the event of you winning or simply email us a screenshot of the review to hello at calltoaction.co. Finally, thank you to everyone listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it. We really appreciate the support. Keep the questions and guest requests coming in. To get in touch with us, it's easy to find Gasp online. You can check out CTA pod on Instagram or email hello at calltoaction.co. Try